Even if, even if the sun ceases to rise, even if the wind stops to blow, but the name of Sligo Rover will shine and shine forever. This is the Rovers Review on Ocean FM. Austin O'Callaghan in studio with Donal Ryan. Do you play AstroTurf soccer, Donal Ryan, in your spare time? I don't, Austin. I don't. Um, I haven't. Couldn't tell you the last time I played football, actually, to be honest. But um, I'd say, given the the kind of discourse over the last couple of days, I'd say plenty of people be trying to avoid it. Well, I love AstroTurf. I love playing because you, you know it's not muddy, it's not hilly, and it's nice. But I can't remember as many injuries uh, on an artificial surface as we saw or heard at the Brandywell on Friday night. Yeah, it was crazy what was going on. To be honest, um, obviously Johan Branfeld, probably the, the biggest one there, looked like he went over on his ankle or his knee. I'm not too sure. It looked like his knee from where our commentary position was on the night. But John Russell said after was it, afterwards it was an ankle injury and. Carlos Sullivan went off with an ankle injury as well, who came on to replace Brandon Falk. And um, saw a couple of Derry City fans as well saying that people should stop giving out about the pitch because it's the same for both teams. But yeah. they're after leaving a, a hole in their own defence now as Mark Connolly was stretchered off at the Brandywell mm-hmm. last week with a hamstring injury. And Shane McElhenney was forced to go off at, at, towards the end of the game with a hamstring injury too. So, yeah. you know. No, I mean, I, I'm look at. Artificial surfaces have been a great help for soccer in this country. Look at all the youth soccer, junior soccer games that get played and don't get called off. Sligo Rovers trained on the Sean Fallon Centre surface. So it's part and parcel of modern football now. I just wonder, was there something unusual about Friday night? We, we, we'll talk to a man who might be able to give some insight in a couple of moments. But for those who didn't see or hear the game or weren't in Derry on Friday night, Derry City against Sligo Rovers, here's a reminder of what happened. Nice touch there from Fabrice Hartman to get himself out of trouble and spins away from Ollie O'Neill. Pulling all the tricks out of the bag now is Fabrice Hartman. Finds Greg Bolger in the centre circle. Bolger moves the ball out to the left-hand side. Finds Will Fitzgerald. Bogdan Vastas making a run ahead of him as is Reese Hutchinson. Hutchinson's wide there. Springs the ball into the box. Max Mallis lurking there and heads the ball into the back of the net. Sligo Rovers have taken the lead here completely against the run of play and it's Max Matta with his fifth goal of the season. It must be the first chance the Sligo Rovers have had of note and Max Matta was there at the back post from Reese Hutchinson. Fantastic ball in from the left-hand side. The Sligo Rovers fans over there are up cheering. Derry City can't believe it. It's Sligo Rovers can't believe it but it's Sligo Rovers who lead here. Max Matta's fifth goal of the season has them leading 1-0 here in the Brandywell. Ball comes into the box from Ben Doherty. It's flicked towards the goal and Derry City has scored. It's Kieran Call gets ahead on it from the corner. Derry City have equalised here in the Brandywell with 10 minutes to go. The place has erupted here. Call found himself in space. Another one into the back of the net. And it's Derry City 1, Sligo Rovers 1 and a big final 10 minutes coming up here in the Brandywell. Sligo Rovers fans over in the far corner whistling for the rest final whistle Hartman launches one forward Diallo takes it down on the halfway line Levac is chasing him but McInef is there to cover still inside his own half chip ball forward and the referee brings things to a close here it's finished Sligo Rovers won Derry City won what a game we had here in the Brandywell this evening Sean Connor. brilliant game uh, two two sides who went to win the game end to end stuff 
first 30 minutes, Derry were far better team. Sligo grew into the game. I think Sligo were probably the better team in the second half. Uh, Derry had patches, but I'm quite impressed with Sligo. I thought their shape was good when they didn't have the ball. Hartman, for me, was man of the match. I think he only misplaced one or two touches. Uh, Mata worked hard. And, and defensively, the two centre-backs did really well whenever whenever the young, the young lad came on for, for Mahan. Uh, Derry will be frustrated because I think for the, uh, on the left-hand side in the first half, both O'Neill and Doherty. And then Derry really just lost their way once once they conceded the goal. But it's, it's very, very early in the season. But these are going to two teams that, if they keep playing like this, they're going to be there or thereabouts. Sean Connor and Donald Ryan on commentary duty for Ocean FM Sport on Friday night at the Brandywell. 1-1 it finished. Here's how the top four in the League of Ireland Premier Division looks right now. Bohemians played six, top 15 points. Derry City second, played six, 12 points. Dundalk third, played six, 11 points. Sligo Rovers fourth, played six, nine points. That's the top four six games in and I think no matter who you are you've got to be encouraged if you're of a Sligo Rovers persuasion of any description with that start of the season let's have a word with midfielder Niall Morohan who was part of the Sligo Rovers starting 11 uh, on Friday night at the Brandywell um, it's it's a good complaint to have Niall Morohan when your manager uh, comes away from the Brandywell disappointed with only a point on a Friday night yeah absolutely um, I think there was a bit of mixed emotions uh, about the game um, obviously going ahead uh, our backs were to the wall for quite a bit you know Derry had, had started very well we kind of weathered the storm went ahead and obviously a lot of frustration um, conceding conceding a set piece so late on so um, yeah mixed emotions but I think yeah quite content and you guys are still getting used to one another. There's a lot of new faces in this team, the Lucas Brownings, the Bogdan Vashtuks, the Johan Branfog. So that's going to take a while for the incumbents to get used to playing with the new arrivals. Yeah, it's something that uh, John Russell says all the time. You know, it's a new group. Um, we've shown good signs uh, early on in the season, but uh, I think the best of us is, is yet to come. And to... Improving as that game were on the way you did, that's got to be encouraging. And, you know, arguably, you looked the more likely side for good portions of the second half. Yeah, obviously, the Brandywell is a it's a very tough place to go. You know, there you're going to come out flying and, um, and give it everything, you know. So, like I said, we, we weathered the storm. And when we had our, our opportunities, we, we got the ball down and we played. So, um, yeah, I think, I think we were quite happy with the performance. Niles Donal Ryan here obviously much has been made about the AstroTurf pitch in the Brandywell how do you feel about playing on an artificial surface yourself? Um, it wouldn't be one of my favourite uh, venues to play at now to be honest both there and Dundalk but um, I think if the league wants to progress and get bigger and better you know you kind of have to look at grass pitches all around for all teams but um, yeah, it's kind of a different ball game on, on the AstroTurf you know you don't know the spin of the ball or any of that kind of stuff, you know. So, um, I think it's definitely something that should be looked at. Have you have you got any word on the extent of Johan's ankle injury? I mean, it looked fairly innocuous on television at the time on Friday night. Um, I haven't heard since, but both himself and Carol were um, in quite a bit of pain. And as far as I'm aware, both of them have, have got x-rays and scans um, since the game. But uh, as a result, I'm not too sure yet, no.
Yeah, and I think I saw a couple of other players on both teams with little tweaks on Friday night. I mean, was that surface particularly greasy or challenging compared to other artificial pitches you've played on? Um, to be fair, it's probably one of the, the better ones around, but even still, that doesn't make it great. Um, when it rains, it usually helps. The pitch was quite sticky on, on uh, Friday night, but... Um, yeah, listen, it's it's something you know you're going to come up against, so you just kind of have to do your best and hope you come away um, unharmed, you know? Yeah, well, look, we wish Johan and uh, Carlos Sullivan a speedy recovery. Hope the injuries, hopefully the injuries aren't quite as serious as they looked at the time. We'll get more on that, I'm sure, in due course. But as regards where this leaves you, Niall, six games in, it's still very, very early days, but this has to go down now. I mean, you know, we, we, as, as a very encouraging start to the season for Sligo Rovers, maybe better than privately a good proportion of the Rovers fan base thought it would be. I think so, yeah. I think if you told a lot of the fans um, that we'd be in this position after um, six games, I think you'd be quite happy, you know. I think it's a good start. Um, like you said, it's a new group and I think we can we can only get better from here. Obviously, we're not going to win every game, but um, yeah, it's, it's definitely a good uh, position to build on. And Nyla, it's been quite a mixed start to the season for yourself as well. Obviously, you're, you're mostly known for playing in the middle of the park as a centre mid, but you've had to fill in at centre-back and again at right-back then in the Brandywell on Friday night. It's really shown a, a different versatile side to your game. Yeah, definitely. Um, I suppose just given the circumstances, I have had to fill in a few different positions. But um, yeah, I've, I've played right-back when I first came into the team. Um, so that wasn't um, too much too much difficult to me, difficulty for me, I suppose. But uh, yeah, centre-back, that was kind of uncharted territory, I suppose. We didn't hear it on the commentary highlights, but when Bogdan got through for that goal chance near the end, did you think this was it? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, normally you'd bet your life on them to, to put those chances away, but uh, listen, it just wasn't to be. Um, but I think uh, he can be quite proud of his performance, you know, his his first start, and uh, I think he put in a good shift, so I think he, he'll only get better himself. As a matter of interest, what name does he get in the dressing room? Is it Boggy, or have you got an abbreviation for him yet? Yeah, but not too long after he came in, he, he got a Boggy, so uh, I think that's stuck. It's a very Irish nickname, I have to say, for a, for a soccer team in this part of the country to be, to, to be referring to, to a, 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 an international visitor to the team, but uh, I, I like that. So, um, international break now for a while, Niall. Are, are you glad there's a bit of a break because there are a couple of injuries, or would you like to keep going with this momentum because you've got a head of steam up? Yeah, I think we, we've, uh, like you said, we've got a good bit of momentum going now, but... Um I don't think it'll take the, the wind out of our sails. Sometimes a, a break can be good, and especially with the, the injuries that have come up. Um, it's not the worst thing in the world, and at the same time, we've got a good few lads heading off playing international football, which is great to see. So, um, yeah, I don't think the, the break is uh, the worst thing. Very good. Yeah, I meant to ask you, as a matter of interest, all the new international arrivals, you've got Faroe Islands in there, Estonians. I'm assuming all these guys have good English, or is there anybody there that you kind of need a translator for from time to time? No, everyone everyone has perfect English, to be fair. Um, they can all speak 
speak it well and understand it well. So, uh, yes, no problems in that department. I thought you were going to say we need one for Caelan Barlow, but um, uh, there you go. I, I, I'm, yeah, jesting. You I, I'm jesting, I'm jesting. Niall, look, at, let's hope the good start continues and uh, well done on Friday night. Uh, a one all draw, we'll take that at this stage of the season away to Derry City. And thanks for joining us on the Rovers Review this evening. Thanks, lad. That's Niall Morohan uh, of Sligo Rovers. Um, and I know we've had fluctuating feedbacks to some of the performances, but, you know, for all the pressure they had to absorb, Donal, you know, which are commentary goggles on from Friday night, you'd, you'd have to come away encouraged from the way Rovers handled all that was thrown at them on Friday night. Yeah, 100%, Austin. I was absolutely delighted with that result, for, purely from a fan's perspective, but like I said, from a commentator, you know, it was Derry that were doing all the attacking up until Sligo Rovers scored. Like I said it on the commentary as well, Rovers scored completely against their own play because Derry were hopping off them in the open in 20-25 minutes. And then once Sligo Rovers scored, um, it just kind of seemed to rattle Derry a little bit. They kind of started panicking. Uh, Ollie O'Neill was causing lots of trouble down the left-hand side, but he kind of started running out of ideas, especially in the middle of the second half before he was taken off. And uh, they fairly upped the ante then in the second half. Rovers just kind of, like you said, they managed the game very well, you know, to, to hold on for 80-odd minutes. Um, to to keep a lead for that long but um, Derry's equaliser was deserved in fairness for the amount of ball that they had and the amount of chances that they were creating but it's a huge point to come away out of the brandy well it's a massive result getting a point off uh, a team that's going to be making a serious crack at the title this year My rule of thumb usually each season with the League of Ireland is don't make any judgments about how this season is panning out until we've had a full tour of matches that, the, that there's been nine rounds of games where you've played everybody and then you get a sense of okay who is shaping up here and who isn't but six games in can we draw any loose conclusions at all yet like Shamrock Rovers are third from bottom they've only lost once that's the first thing to say they've drawn almost all their games can, can we read anything into that can we make any judgment about St. Patrick's Athletic who are second from bottom six games in having lost three and only won one match yeah well this league has certainly thrown up a, a good amount of surprises so far anyway Bowes top having lost just one game 15 points out of a possible 18 as well They're certainly worth a mention but for me obviously you know people will be talking about Shamrock Rover still haven't won a game yet and that's probably one of the biggest stories in the league at the moment but for me it's the kind of the early demise of St. Pat's so far, like it, when we saw them in the showgrounds and they played it against us for over 70 minutes with 10 men and they couldn't break us down, they couldn't create anything. Chris Forrester had a bit of magic when he came on and uh, he probably should have started to be fair, but um, St. Pat's like, have really struggled so far this year and given the, the money that they've spent because they have paid big fees for players in the off-season and the kind of calibre of player that they've brought in, I was expecting them to be much, much higher up the table. And then Cork City, who arguably have looked the most impressive team we've probably seen so far this season, in some respects, get beat 2-0 at home by Damien Duff-Shelburne. Yeah, and um, you know, Shelburne, you never really kind of know what to expect um, from them. Like, they'll always be a tough opponent, but we've seen them play Sligo Rovers off the park in Talca Park, and then they'll come down to Sligo and Rovers will, you know, clean up against them. And then um, going to Cork and winning 2-0, it's a big statement, you know, their main ambition last year was to not get relegated so no doubt Duff will be uh, hoping to push on a bit further um, Europe might be a bit of a lofty ambition for them but like as we've seen ourselves we were bottom of the table after four games one year and qualified for Europe that season so you know anything can happen Well let's hear from John Russell the Sligar Rovers manager who you spoke to after the game on Friday night Donald so was this a point gained at the Brandywell or two points dropped? Uh, I think looking at it 
with the chance we had it's probably the best of the game with, with Bogdan going through and you go 2-1 up then and look, we had a lot of tired bodies at the end of the game with us having to lose the two right backs getting injured and making a decision to get John off at half time because he was swinging on that yellow and I think we had to do that and you know, we only really had two subs after that, but I felt that the balance of play, our game plan worked really well. We were compact, we forced the ball to the outside, we defended the crosses. Yeah, there were a lot of corners, but we dealt with them really well until we conceded the goal. It was a free header, um, which was disappointing from our end. But overall, look, to come, to come away from here with a point and be disappointed shows where we are at the moment. It's good. You mentioned the injuries as well. At one stage, I counted we'd f- the Rovers had four different right-backs this evening. Um, a serious enough injury to Johan Branfalk and then Carlos Sullivan had to be replaced at halftime as well. Yeah, he did. Um, we'd have to assess Johan's, but he, he looked looked a bad one on the Astro. He, he's, he's turned his ankle and, um, yeah, we'll see. He'd rather to go for a scan on that, but Carl came in for him and, you know, within a couple of minutes again, he's got tangled in the middle of the pitch there and he's, his ankle's like a balloon now, so um, really unfortunate for the two guys. Um, but look, I have to say that the performance of the players, the character again to, to dig deep away from home. This is a tough venue and people are tipping these to go and win a league title and we've we've gone toe to toe with them and to be disappointed now to come away with only a point. And Max Mann's fifth goal of the season. What a start to the season he's had. He's been superb, um, leads the line really well and delighted he got his goal and I thought it was a it was a top class goal, team goal tonight. And again it shows the quality that we have in the group and what we're capable of doing. And for Max, you know, it's not just the goals, it's his all round play, his work rate. You know, he's, a, he's becoming a real leader in the group and I, I thought he had an excellent game tonight um, but everyone from, from Luke his distribution how he d- defended his box Nando even when Aina came in you know it was a real team performance again John Ma- John John Mahan did I say John Mahan I said John Mahan didn't I Mr John's it's Sunday evening uh, John Russell the Sligo Rovers manager with Donald Ryan there the international break kicks in now for the Men's League of Ireland Rovers next game Saturday April the 1st at home to the league leaders, Bohemians. What about Sligo Rovers women? A 4-0 home defeat yesterday evening to P-Mount United, who are the early pace setters uh, in the women's SSE Artricity League of Ireland Premier Division. Donald, you were at this game as well on commentary duty for LOI TV. And this game seemed to change completely in a 60-second spell in the second half. Yeah, that, and that's exactly what happened, Austin. You know, I'm... Um, Remind us what happened. P-Mount P- P- were pretty much... Um, I thought that they were there for the taking for Sligo Rovers, given their first-half performance, you know. If Rovers were able to put anything together at all in the final third, you know, there was a good chance that they'd be able to get at them and get at them easily. And going in scoreless at half-time, Rovers were in a great position. And then it was a screamer from Carla McManus um, to open the score, and there was nothing Amy Mahan could have done about it. And then they doubled the lead in within seconds. And that was an absolute killer, like I said to Steve Feeney afterwards. That, that's just seemed to really kind of deflate the whole game and P-Mount were just in cruise control after that. And two more really wor- well-worked goals, the last one in particular, just to put the icing on the cake for the visitors. And, um, you know, a lot has been made about Shelburne doing the double last year. They'll be looking for a crack at the title this year. Shamrock Rovers coming into the league and hoovering up the best players. But um, make no mistake about it, P-Mount won't be just be di- up there just to make up the numbers either. Well, they're the only team uh, already in the League of Ireland uh, Premier Division with a 100% record. Every other team... Well, actually, no, that's not true. Uh, Wexford Youths have a 100% record as well. The, the top six, P-Man are top with nine points. Shelburne, the holders, and Shamrock Rovers next on seven points and three games played. Wexford Youths are fourth on six points, but they have a game in hand on the three teams above them. Then Bohemians on six. Then you have three teams on three points. That's Athlone Town, DLR Waves, and Galway United. 
Is this table up to date? I hope it is. Uh, and then the bottom three, Sligo Rovers, Cork City and Treaty United, pointless. Um, I think it's too early to make any judgments yet about this this uh, new season, Donal. Yeah, I think so too, Austin. And, you know, this women's team surprised everybody last year when they finished uh, second from bottom, rather, or two places, or in eighth position, I should say. Um, and, you know, there's still plenty of time for them to, to get start getting points on the board. It is a shortened season now this year. All the teams are only playing each other twice rather than three times, so they'll be hoping that they can get some points racked up pretty soon and more games to come with the addition of a new uh, cross-border tournament that'll be taking place during the World Cup, but we can talk about that another time. Treaty in the showgrounds next for uh, Steve Feeney's side and um, they'll no doubt they'll be looking to get uh, points there. Treaty don't look up to much this year, but no doubt they'll be saying kind of the same thing about Sligo Rovers. But just on that as well, they probably couldn't have asked for a harder start in playing Shamrock Rovers at home, Wexford Utes away, and then Piedmont in the showgrounds. Yeah, they're as well, arguably, you know. well, apart from Shelburne, the, the, the top three contenders have been the first three opponents for Sligo Rovers this season. Yeah, and I think getting a result out of any of them would have been huge. Like, I mean, they went toe to toe with Shamrock Rovers in the showgrounds and were desperately unlucky not to get a point. I think Wexford just kind of showed their class down in the sunny southeast there last weekend, and then, like I said, it. A 60-second spell of magic for Piedmont United won them the game yesterday and they were able to go on and control it and see it out very well. So, you know, yeah. still plenty to come from Sligo Rovers women's The crowd was down yesterday evening and there's a few obvious reasons for that. We had Ireland against England in the rugby. A couple of sporting fixtures clashed with some big showpiece television events and that's going to hit the crowd and given it was St. Patrick's weekend as well, people's weekend plans are going to be slightly different this weekend. Yeah, absolutely, you know, and myself and yourself were having a brief discussion about this earlier on. And, you know, it's great that the kickoff time has moved to five o'clock because that will long term accommodate a lot more people. But I just think give, given what was going on yesterday and the weekend that was in it as well, um, there was never going to be a big crowd in there. But there was still, I think it was 237 was the official attendance, which was bigger than I was expecting, to be honest. But, um, you know, you'd wonder how much of those were made up of the Ballymote Celtic under 12s that came in to support. But um, yeah, no, still t- 230 is still a good crowd for a Saturday evening, given it was St. Patrick's weekend and Ireland were winning the, gla- the Grand Slam in the rugby. So Yeah, you see, okay, I-, I think that's small. I mean, I'm wondering, how could we attract more of the traditional supporter who goes to the men's like Rovers game to go to the women's game? If you can't do a double bill, and I always think that is the way, if you had a surface that could take two games one after the other, where people are coming in and it's put under their noses and they can actually watch this and see the quality. You know, I'd like you'd like more people to see the way Emma Doherty plays football or Orna O'Dowd to see what what these you know, Enda Scanlon's daughter Keila Scanlon is now forging a place in the starting eleven. And um, there's a lot of strong Sligo Rovers pedigree coming into this women's first team squad. How do we persuade more of the in inverted commas traditional fans to go and watch the women's team? Well, I wouldn't be too worried about the crowds just yet. Um, 7.50 in the showgrounds on the opening day of the season. Now, a lot of them were with Shamrock Rovers too, but there was still a big crowd there from Sligo. And like I said, only the second home game in the season. A significant drop in the crowds, but like we said, other things kind of taking precedence over events in the showgrounds yesterday. So I wouldn't be too worried about the attendances just yet. I'd say they will be up on last year. There's a lot of you know talk about this team and, you know, you mentioned the likes of Emma Doherty, Keila Scanlon, or no doubt who was outstanding yesterday. She was probably my player of the match for Sligo Rovers if you could pick one. And uh, Casey Howe as well who's come in from the Northern Ireland League. She is a top talent as well. She's so unbelievably technical on the ball and really 
able to make things happen. And even Emma Hansbury, you know, we all know what Emma Hansbury is about. Um, so, you know, there's no doubt that there's significant interest around the team. And I'd say their attendances probably will be up on last year anyway. And like you mentioned, the double bill there, Austin, I think that'll be a serious idea as well. Like you could get a, a serious bumper crowd in for two games. The groundsman won't thank you for it. No, the groundsman won't, won't thank you for it. <laughs> Donald Ryan, enjoy the international break and your trip to the Faroe Islands to watch <laughs> Stefan. Thanks very much. If you think we're paying for that flight, you're dreaming. Good luck. <laughs>